This is Jacob Spihar with Athletes Unbox, Finding the Extraordinary in the Ordinary. Hey, Ralph. Hey, Jacob. What's up? Not much. Thanks for last minute uh, doing the podcast. I know that we've been just <laughs> back and forth, back and forth. So it's I'm very appreciative of you uh, being flexible. You know, I'm surprisingly open <laughs> with my... <laughs> well, I'm happy you uh, sent me a delicious picture of your food. I uh, I heard uh, back in the day you had to spit on your food just to keep it protected. And I, yeah. I can only yeah. imagine you don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, those are some of the big family stories that... Uh... How many... How, you're, how, how many kids are you... Uh, how big is your family? Right, right. My, our family that I grew up in, uh, we had eight kids. And there were six boys born <laughs> in a seven-year period of time. Oh, my gosh. And I'm number six of that first litter. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I was the youngest of the first group. And, like, my oldest brother is 65 or whatever he is. And then um, my youngest brother is 49. He'll 48. He'll be 49 at the end of the month. Okay. So he's quite a bit younger than me, uh, and then my sister is in between there. So there's seven boys and one girl. Wow. Yep, in a house with one bathroom. Wow. And did you and, and no shower? <laughs> <laughs> so so. And, and like, I mean, did you grow up in like a rural area? Were you the cities? Like how? Well, it, it's kind of an interesting thing. I grew up um, on the edge of town. Okay. And when I say the edge of town, this is a town that had about 400 people. And so we had five acres on the edge of town. We were considered to be in city limits, um, but we had hogs and, and uh, other animals. We had, you know, milk cows for a while and we had, you know, chickens and, and uh, geese and all those kinds of things. Sure. But we were in town with that. So that was kind of interesting. Okay. We were not the most popular neighbors. <laughs> the Fairchilds. Uh, and and is that is Fairchild what uh what nationality is that? It's a wonderful last name. Yeah, it's an English Scottish okay. uh, Scottish yeah. name, Scotch English. Uh and they came over the the Fairchild family came over very, very early, uh in like the sixteen hundreds. So on on my dad's side, they came in, they came over you know, right after the first load. And uh, we trace, we have a book that we've had for years. It kind of traces all that back. Okay. So it's filled with the version of the story that they wanted to tell. You never know what the real, what yeah. the real story is. But then on my mom's side, um, that's Irish. Uh, so Irish immigrants on my mother's side. Okay. Yeah. And they all landed you in Minnesota or were you, was that your, your um, your place of growing up were you in minnesota or was that no i grew up in northwest iowa okay uh, yeah which is about the same as southwest minnesota <laughs> yeah. it's divided yeah. by a line that you can't <laughs> tell where it is yeah it's a, they're both about yeah. as same similar exciting as landscapes yeah. and well and my story is always the biggest the hardest part about going from iowa to minnesota is the time change because you got to set your watch back 50 years that was always our <laughs> that was always our joke to our minnesota cousins 
was it was it that i mean i guess it's funny because i you know obviously minnesota iowa it's always the you know we always dig at iowa people that it's like oh yeah there's a lot of you know there's a lot of iowa jokes up here in minnesota but (laughs) there weren't a lot of minnesota jokes in iowa there were two minnesota jokes because the rest of that stuff was true (laughs) and uh so you know it's but no, that was a thing, you know, with our cousins that lived in Minnesota. And because on my mom's side, my mom was a Minnesota girl and my dad okay. was from Iowa. Yeah. Okay. And so growing up on the farm and, and, and... well, not a farm. It was five acres where oh, we had okay. hogs and that kind of stuff. And okay. our, my uncles and stuff, they farmed and we worked for them and with them a lot. But okay. my dad was a postmaster in town. Oh, okay. And then, yeah. And then we did, we had the hogs. That was kind of a, Kind of a works project uh, to keep us busy I sure. think, more than anything. Uh, and- my my dad was great at inventing work for us uh, that <laughs> that may or may not have been of value. How how many hogs did you have? Well, we raised purebred um, breeding stock for Yorkshire breeding stock. So we had, you know, we would have I don't know fifteen or twenty purebred sows, and then some herd boars. And then um, we would sell boars, you know, because we had really good genetic stuff in our pigs and and uh, good lines. Uh, you know, they they did well at like the 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 shows and that sure. kind of stuff. We weren't top of the line, but then we kind of stopped doing that, you know, in the in the uh, late late seventies, early eighties. We were kind okay. of out of that because there were some other bigger operations that came in boar power uh boar power used to be a, a breeding supply company okay that, that supplied uh pigs and boars so and i mean i guess this sounds but how how like looking at a pig and its genetics are you looking at like it's i mean it sounds kind of but like you know i'm like okay i i grew up with labradors and like they had really nice like you know good good uh hips really nice head strong mm-hmm. what what makes a pig like a, to be sought after genetically or i have no i didn't even know that really existed <laughs> yeah well there's a lot of science in it um you know and, and they become more and more refined as as the breeding techniques got better and as as when uh, artificial insemination came along which we never got into that but when that came along, that really helped enhance the genetics of the pigs and maximize what they would do. And, and the things we were looking for were what kind of litter sizes would you have? What would your daily rate of gain be on those, on those pigs? Okay. And, uh, you know, confirmation, um, confirmation like in the shoulders and in the hams and how high the tail head is, those okay. kinds of things. There's a lot to it. Yeah. You know, well, the, and this is the is perk of the years, for- you yeah. Is this all for meat, essentially, Rolf? Or what is yeah. this? Yeah, yeah. Okay. These are these are these are pigs we eat. Yeah, know? and it's a wonderful animal. You know, you get bacon, sausage, and ham all yeah. from one thing. It's pretty good. Yeah, um, that's that's interesting. I didn't. I I obviously I I've known some pig farmers, but I just didn't. I mean, again, maybe the naivety behind it, but uh, again, just like anything, from cows to bulls to horses to livestock, mm-hmm. there's so much that goes into it. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot that goes into it and, and the understanding of it from being around it. And the way that pigs are raised now is quite a bit different than they were 
when I was a kid because the, the confinement buildings and the, the mass production of pigs and the high concentration of them. It used to be every farm had some, sure. you know, and now it's pretty much centralized to a few, you know, not everybody has them. Down where right. I used to live, everybody had hog barns and okay. big hog barns now. So, yeah. But when you talk about genetics, I'll, I'll tell a quick story if you don't mind. No, this is um, what I love. This This is, yeah. My mother, uh, my mom died this last spring, but she was quite a lady. And and uh, she grew up and her father, uh, they raised Herefords, uh, you know, cows. Yep, yep. And so they also raised breeding stock and then they would, you know, sell some for meat. But they primarily did breeding stock. So they have the Hereford farm. And when my mom turned, whatever it was, 89 or 90, we started having these parties for her in the pasture that she owned. She bought this pasture that was, you know, kind of a family piece of ground that was owned by a conglomerate. And then she bought sure. the rest of them out and had it. And so we thought, well, let's have a party out there for her. And we had, I think, three or four of those parties before she passed away. Every year they got a little more extravagant. And one year we built a sod house out there for her to commemorate her ancestors coming over. And, and uh, you know, if you want, I can rent that out to you, Airbnb. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you can sleep out there with the coyotes and stuff. But the story I like to tell is we rented that ground out to one of my classmates who ran his cow calf operation on it. And a cow calf operation, if you're not familiar with it, is where you have these brood brood cows and uh, breeding stock and then they you know they go out there chew on the grass and have their babies and raise their babies yeah. and then they'll, they're the next generation of that and the you know the the, the uh, baby bulls get castrated and, and then the the cows uh, the heifers at that point they get uh, graded and you know you're either going to keep them for meat or for breeding stock and yeah and so we have these cows out there and my brother is out there driving around and my mom is, you know, she's, I don't know, 91 at this point. And she looks out the window and she says, whose cows are these? And my brother Tim is like, well, those are Keith's, you know. And she's thinking, well, okay, mom's losing it a little bit. Sure. And she says, well, those, those don't all belong to the same farmer. And Tim is like, well, they're Keith's. Anyway, let's go look at this. So they go on their way and. A week or so later, Keith comes into my brother's shop. He runs a welding shop. And Tim, just as kind of a joke, says, hey, whose cows are those out there in the pasture? And Keith gets just really sheepish and like, you know, we're not over the number we agreed on, Tim. We're, you said we could have X and we're under X and so it's no violation. We're not doing anything wrong. And he's like, yeah, but whose cows are they? And um, he's like, well, I, I sublet some of that ground to another farmer. So there were cows from two different, uh, two different herds out there. Oh, interesting. And my mom just picked up on that. She saw that and knew that those cows didn't go together. You oh, know? Sure. And I would have never picked that up, you know, yeah. but I didn't, I didn't spend my formative years raising cows Yeah, you know? and, she, and she did. So it's just, it's interesting, you know? Yeah. It's quite, it, yeah, I would have, I mean, the fact that, especially if they're the same breed, how quickly they could pick that out. And like, yeah. just know that that's not, that's not theirs. Yep. Just different styles and just like, oh. okay, nope, this is different. You huh. know, weird. And yeah. So pretty sharp. And for now, so kind of uh, the, I was interested, Ralph. So I know we, we've talked a little bit about, but 
uh, you're kind of in a whole new journey. And, and I was curious because <laughs> you're, you're now, how long when you just, you retired how long ago? Uh, I officially, you know, I quit going to work at the end of June, uh, okay. but I kind of kept doing some stuff through, I don't know, the middle of August or whatever it was to help the new person get in there. So just, I would say July, end of July, I've been out pretty much consistently. Okay. Yeah. Now you're delivering, you're delivering campers. Oh, that's a moneymaker. You know, okay. I, I, I did the book work on the last trip I took and I, I made $12, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, when you can bring down $12 a week, you know, <laughs> you're, you're going to, you're going to have things rolling. Yeah. You're living you know? large in the 19, 1905. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no, this is uh uh, Winnebago makes campers and yeah. they're, a, they're an Iowa company. And, um, my brother started delivering campers for them when he retired. Okay. And then he's like, Hey, you should do this when you retired. I'm like, well, I don't know this. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I like to drive. Sure. So what you do is I, you know, I had to take some training and do a simulator test. Cause I don't have a commercial driver's license. So I yes. can't, I can't deliver anything that has air brakes. So I can drive the smaller ones. Okay. You know, and those could be, you know, 40 feet long or whatever. Yeah. But nothing with the air brakes. So you look at the load board, you pick out where you're going to go, and then off you go. Okay. And I had to do three training runs with my brother, who uh, is the one who'd been doing this, my brother Dana. And so Dana and I did three loads together, and then just... Last week, Gene and I went on a load together. Okay. And we drove a four-wheel drive Mercedes van that's turned into a camper to Bangor, Maine. Wow. Um, and once you're in Bangor, Maine, then, you know, then you might as well go to Bar Harbor. Yep. You know, so we rented a car, went to Bar Harbor, and then drove down to Boston and, and flew home. That's so, cool. Yeah, we spent four days driving and three days messing around and so it was had that- a great time. Was the was the the messing around what cost you? You ended up with just twelve bucks, or because I mean, I'm assuming they obviously paid. It's a, it's a you know you get paid through Winnebago to deliver these, right? You get a, a line rate, you know how okay. much x amount of a mile, and then you know they give you a fuel reimbursement, and then everything else is on you to find your way home and so on. Oh, if geez. you do it more economically, you'd make more money. But I, you know, I'm not. I'm in it for free travel and to yeah. hang out with Gene and and do that. So, but yeah, that's kind of been interesting so far. Yeah. Would you would you buy? Do you th- is that a, so? Is that a Class B or have you driven like Class B? Like, I know there's certain. Mm-hmm. That yeah, there's there's buy. different sizes and like like I said, I I've driven the little vans. Yep. And I've driven like uh you know a a 40 footer or whatever but it okay. didn't have air brakes so it depends oh, on yeah yeah and and with i'm curious because i think sometimes like a lot of people dream you know is to to get a camper to drive to track i mean do you think is this something you would ever or wish you ever invested in like oh, i wish we would have got a camper i wish we, or do you maybe you have that i'm not sure but i've always been curious on like that because there's such a new wave of people kind of just selling everything off and living out of a van or a camper or, you know, I mean, 
I, I've never actually been in one and driven. Like, could you see like, yeah, this would be nice for maybe a, a quick trip, but anything longer than that would be pretty brutal. Oh, there are people that make this their lifestyle and they, and they do it. I, you know, it's not, it's not what I would want to do necessarily. Sure. Um, but it's, they're pretty nice. You know, they're, they're pretty nice vehicles. And, and this last one was a Mercedes and it, you know, it, Drove like a Mercedes. Very yeah. good seat, good power. It was a diesel, um, oh, you know, but it's small. Mi- what'd you get for miles per gallon? Uh, somewhere between twelve and thirteen. Okay, yeah, yeah. those th- and those things are not cheap either. My gosh. No, this last one, I think the price on it was two hundred and twelve thousand. <laughs> gosh, it's like, it's like more than the house. I mean, it's crazy. Well, people talk about that, and I say, well, it's more than my first two houses and a couple of cars. Yeah, you know, but it's 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 you know, it's what people want to do and the choices they want to make. I'm not going to put anybody down for it. You know, it's yeah, just, for sure, that's how they want to do it. Hey, great, more power to you. Yeah. You know? Um. Let me know where you need it. I'll bring it over. I'll make 12 bucks. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do you have, will you be doing quite a few? I mean, is this now kind of your just uh, retirement kind of part-time gig or? Well, one a month, one a month. I, okay. You know, you need to do one a month to stay current. So okay. Jean, Jean and I plan on doing one a month together. Nice. Uh, until she really gets sick of me in the camper, <laughs> then it'll probably be me alone. Uh, but no, we do that. It's just, it's a hot, I mean, if there's anyone from the IRS listening, it's a business, Uh, but, uh, it's a hot, you know, it's just for fun. Okay. And so then we have some other things we're doing too. We're, we're watching, uh, we're watching, uh, uh, a little baby. We do that a few days here and there. One of Jean's teacher friends from last year, uh, needed somebody for daycare and they didn't have anything set up and, Gene just said, you know, we could watch your child. And, you sure. know, that was a, that was a big joke. Ha ha ha. And then it was like, you know, we don't have anybody. And we're like, okay, so <laughs> give us, give us the days you want us to watch her. And yeah, we'll watch that little girl. That's awesome. So yeah, we have her two days this week. So that'll be fun. Awesome. And so how is retire? I mean, is retired life, everything you thought it would be, or is it still quite an adjustment? How is it for you retiring? Well, I, I, and I don't mean to sound like the old guy, but one of the big flaws that people my age have is we've identified so closely with what we do for work that that has sort of become who we are. Mm. And it's really hard to separate myself from that and still find some sense of self-worth. So for me, the biggest struggle is how do I find my self-worth? Um, you know, and I know you're waiting for a punchline because most of the things I say are a joke, but <laughs> that's a pretty serious one. You know, yeah. it's like, how am I going to find my self-worth now? What, what, am I, what am I about? And the camper thing is like an example of, yeah, it's fun to do, but it's, really at odds with a lot of the things that I believe in, you know, like try not to drive a vehicle that gets 12 miles to the gallon. Sure. Those kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, So it's kind of, there's some, there's some tension there, but uh, internally. So, yeah. So I would say the hardest part for me has been um, just determining where my worth is going to come from. Yeah. 
because I have been so involved with people. I'm a, you know, people say that they're a people person, but you know, you've been around Gene and I enough to know that we actually are people people. Yeah. That's kind of the whole thing. And uh, so, yeah, this will be interesting. We're calling this our gap year. We're going to figure out what we're going to do. And, you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And I think that's one thing I think as like my generation, we're watching, you know, whether it is our, our, our parents or we know start to retire and they retire in less than a year, they're already working a job and we're all going, well, what the hell you, you talk, you talk so much about retiring. All you want to do is finally retire. Now you're working again. Well, yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of those second jobs are different than those first jobs were. Sure. I mean, the stress of running a building with a thousand people in it is different than driving a camper. Yeah. Because you were, those who are <laughs> listening, you were a, you were a principal, correct? For pretty much for many, many years. Yeah. I, I, I taught for 13 and then I was a principal for 23 and I was kind of an accidental principal. I didn't really want to be a principal. I, I liked teaching, but it just kind of happened okay. um, through some happenstance and necessity. And, and then I just kind of stuck with it and, and uh, yeah, I did my last four years here at Chisago Lakes. And that was uh, just a great time to change schools. I come up here for budget cuts and, then uh what was that thing that happened oh yeah the pandemic yeah Yeah. so that was fun yeah um and it was hard because i didn't have my you know i had pretty good street cred in my last school i'd been there 17 years and you know asked the principal and like all right you know fairchild knows what he's doing but it turned into all of the social norms for how we're going to behave with each other all the rules of decorum went out the window and yeah. everybody thought they had uh, the right and the obligation to uh, pipe up on things they don't know anything about. Sure. And that was really difficult. Yeah. And, you know, I looked at my options and it was funny because the superintendent called me on October 1st last year because I, or I'm, you know, of 2021 or whatever that would have been. And he said, you're still there. And I said, yeah, I'm still here. He said, I thought I might get the recording that this is, you know, Bill's temporary <laughs> principal service. Cause that's the earliest date I could have retired. You know? Okay. And he's, I'm like, no, I'm not going to leave during the year, but we'll see what happens. Sure. And then I left the, that summer. Yeah. Are you, are you pretty happy you did? I mean, is it just, like you said, it was obviously a, a big change and, but are you, cause it's in, I've seen, for some people, it's almost like, again, I've known multiple people that have now retired in the last two years. And some people, they're just, they just love it. They love not have, they love having that free time. But I would imagine after running a building with a thousand people, it is having to adjust to just not that energy. Yeah. The operational tempo of my day is significantly different. Sure. Um, and it takes a great deal of planning me now because I have to structure my day to make an hour and a half of projects take all day. <laughs> uh, you know, and that's, you know, that's, that's hard when you're a goer, that's hard. And yeah. I was a goer, you know, we're going to go do stuff. We're going to, you know, my, my work days used to be, I was at school at six 30 and I would stay there until, 
you know, about four thirty, and then I would go work out, and then I would, then I would come home and read emails and answer emails until ten o'clock. And wow. you know, when you're not on that operational tempo anymore, it's different. Yeah, you know, it's really different. And I, I'm, you ask about my mood during retirement. Well, I'm there's enough Irish in me that I I can find a way to be sad. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you weren't a Vikings fan. Uh, well, I root for a different team across the river. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah. Well, that wasn't so good either. No, they didn't. I mean, I, I'm also, I'm also a Packers, I'm a Packers fan. And I, uh, I think that, um, I, most Minnesota, all Packers fans knew exactly what was coming and and the, uh, Minnesota Vikings did not disappoint. Uh, they delivered exactly what I think the entire state was anticipating, well, yeah, I mean, that's fun to say and everything, but the Vikings had a really good year. They outperformed where they should have been all year long. And they have some issues on defense that that uh, that weren't really anybody's fault. They're just, they don't have good enough players. Yeah. And if my O is better than your X, I'm going to win. Yep. And that, it comes down to that. Yeah. You, know, you, can, you can do all the rah-rah. You can draw up every scheme you want, but... If my X is better than your O, I'm probably going to beat you. Yeah. And did you did you play any call? Did you play high school or college football, Ralph? Yeah. Well, I played I played high school, okay. and then I went to college and and discovered I wasn't that good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can I can I can relate. <laughs> so, um, but no, that's kind of a that's a that's a sto- that's a story in and of itself, I guess. My my football I, we we were we were a really good small school like i said we had 400 people in town okay. you know yeah and uh we were we were really good at football um i played on two undefeated teams you know up to the playoffs and then we got beat but so we had you know my freshman and sophomore year and i i played very little my freshman year and i played a lot more my sophomore year but then junior and senior year i played you know both ways sure starter but now that sounds like that's that in a little school everybody plays both ways yeah. yeah and you need everybody i mean so it's not like i don't want that to sound like i'm some big football guy no i, I mean i no. i liked football you know my my better sport was wrestling but oh okay yeah. you wrestled and and did you wrestle in college or did you Again, um, I was the third best guy in the room, and I thought, yeah, no, <laughs> you know, that kind of led to led to an interesting college career. Um, but yeah, I, I I was supposed to be a wrestler in college, but there there were some things that happened. Um, you know, I I'll, I'll just tell you the story. I guess when my senior year, I was wrestling. Um, in a tournament and it was February 6th, 1982. And, um, my dad died at the wrestling match. Mm. You know, he watched me wrestle and that was a tournament and I, I won that tournament and it was a conference tournament for a different conference. We were just there to fill in, yeah, <laughs> you know, and then like three of us won there. So we were like, Hey, we won two conferences. This yeah. year. You know, that was kind of <laughs> fun. But, uh, yeah, so that was, the, you know, my dad had died. Wow. And I, was, I just was in kind of a bad place. And, yeah. You know, that I had some other tragedy earlier in my life. And it was like, yeah, 
what are you going to do? So there were some really, really, really dark periods. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. And <laughs> behavior and, I'm not proud of. Yeah. And, and Rolf, if you, you, so with this, I mean, were you wrestling? I mean, was it just, was it kind of that weekend or you, you said he was actually at the tournament and passed away? Right. Right. Uh, My dad okay. had a heart attack at the wrestling meet after okay. I got done, after I got done wrestling. Okay. After my match, I came out of the locker room and my dad was having a heart attack and they oh. were doing CPR on okay. him there in the entryway of the school. And, wow. And so then we, you know, went to the hospital, you know, and they pronounced him dead there. And so I've got my head wrestling coach there who, uh, you know, went with our family, uh, drove, the, drove our family car to the hospital. And then, you know, then I have to make the call to my uncle and say, dad's dead yeah um, you want to call the other brothers and and this is in the days before cell phones so this is a call coming at midnight you know yeah and it was you know it was uh that was a rough patch yeah and you know? that was you were saying that was your senior year of high school yeah yep and then you know that kind of i just wasn't i wasn't in a good spot to start yeah. college and stuff and so i I wound up going to five schools before I graduated. Um, um, so, but you know, I just stuck with it and yeah. found my way. So I didn't really do, I mean, I tried them and I did a little bit of stuff, but I played rugby in college. That was, that was what I kind of found my, found my people there. Yeah. And where did you end up find like, so five schools, what, what, <laughs> what were you... <laughs> Yeah. That's always a number that surprises people. Um, so I went to Loris College first in Dubuque, Iowa. And that's where I was going to do football and wrestling. I was going to be a two-sport guy. And, you know, that would have – I if I'd have stuck with it, I'd have been fine. You know, sure. I'd have been fine. But it was like uh, just, you know, my head wasn't in the right place. So I did the mature thing and left um, after a few weeks. And I go home and I look at my mom. My mom looks at me. And <laughs> I look at my mom. She says, what are you going to do? And I said – Oh no, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, oh no, what I'm gonna do. And uh, so she says, Well, you should probably go to the community college and see if they'll let you in. I said, But they've already started. She says, All right, you'll figure it out, get over there. <laughs> so, real, real, uh, real nurturing mom. Uh, so I go over there and you know, I start taking classes at uh, Iowa Lakes Community College. Okay, uh, community colleges are are terribly underrated they're a wonderful thing uh so i went to, to iowa lakes and and then everybody's like i thought you were going to loris and i'm like uh yeah but you know there's it's like um you know because that's the answer to that question where you don't have an answer yeah when, you're, when everything's going well they say what are you doing well i bet someone's uh well there's kind of a you know there's sort of a thing so i did the mature thing and <laughs> After the first quarter at Iowa Lakes, I transferred and went to Briar Cliff College in Sioux City. Okay. And that's a little Catholic four-year school. Um, so I'm down there. That was, you know, I had a great experience there for the rest of my freshman year. And, um, you know, they had a pub on campus. So, you know, what, sure. what could be better? Good Catholic. Yeah. You know, so, that's right. right. That's right. So it was fun. And I, you know, I had fun there and was successful there. And 
but no sports. And then some coaches were like, you should come wrestle. And I'm like, ah, I'm done with that. So, sure. but I went and tried that up again at uh, Worthington community college. And then um, I'm like, yeah, I'm the third best guy in the room. And it's not by a lot, you know, it's by a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, so I finished that quarter there. And then I went back to Iowa lakes and got my AA degree. Uh, and I like to tell the story to young kids and stuff about my last quarter. I was a little behind, you know, cause if you transfer, it doesn't always work so well, yeah. but I, I knew I had to wrap everything up into an AA. So I took 21 credits and I was working about 40 hours a week and it's like, okay, we can do this. So I got that wrapped up and then, then I went to the university of Northern Iowa. Okay. And right at that time I was making that transition is when I met Gene. Okay. And my life got a lot better when I met Gene. Sure. Um, you know, a lot of guys talk about how they marry out of their league. You know, when I talk about Gene, I, I always say I almost married out of my species. <laughs> she's uh, she's just like the next level up for me. Yeah. Uh, so she's pretty awesome. And, you know, we kind of got things going the right way. And, you know, and then I was able to just, you know, start teaching and, yeah, you know, had some luck there and, few lucky breaks here and there and next thing you know old jed's a millionaire you know how that goes and, no, yeah. so do you Turner, yeah. go ahead. with like because did you ever was it was it your undergrad or did you also get your master's when you're at northern i or no i got my master's degree from winona state in so L- six yeah. colleges now well yeah but i that's graduate <laughs> work that's graduate work that's different so I got my master's degree from Winona, and uh, then I got my uh, ed specialist from uh, St. Cloud State. Wow. Okay. They probably look at your they they probably print your print your transcript off and go. We don't even have enough ink to cover the. Yeah, it's, it's there, there's never enough lines on an application. It's like a yeah. salt, like the yeah. old salt scripts or the uh, what are they in the Bible? <laughs> the, the rolls. The roll. You're rolling up papyrus. You know, yeah. and actually when i started school we used papyrus no okay uh, so it wasn't quite that long ago but yeah so <laughs> oh, yeah now. yeah and then uh yeah along the way we had uh had our daughter elizabeth and then frank and yeah so wow. it's just been a fun adventure you know i i look at young parents like you guys and i just think you know everybody tells you this but nobody ever believes it how fast this is going to go yeah uh, and you have to see that with your two little munchkins, you know, how big, like we saw Vera today and, you know, man, she's already talking yeah. and, yeah, you know, she couldn't, she couldn't wink, but she showed me sweet eyes. You know, so that <laughs> was good. She is a sweetheart. And, and it's, it is so perplexing. I mean, it's time is such a time warp because it's, you know, I always, <clears throat> I, I have a little set, like there's days that I, I would be very okay with never living again. And then there's days that I would love to live again. And like, I think it's just like with them, it's like, as with, I, you know, I try to learn from uh, wise individuals like yourselves and people ahead of me, especially, you know, we're even at the, the thing was crazy, you know, talking to Bethany and it's already been three years that we've been going to this gym. And I, and I literally remember, walking in there and and being like oh i can't you know even how it was set up and and how the things were a little you know so it just how crazy it does it truly does go 
very fast. Yeah, it's the blink of an eye, and it's just crazy. And and the thing that I tell young parents all the time, I used to do the dad and me classes at at, oh, uh, sure. at GFW. I was the the parent educator, which was just a hoot, you know, because I'd get all these dads, young dads, yeah. a lot of whom I had, you know, and then yeah. now are having kids, and and uh, so. You know, one of the first things I would tell them is you have to relax a little bit because you're going to get all kinds of advice from old people like me. And you need to remember that they're viewing this all through amstalgia, which is that mix of amnesia and nostalgia that makes <laughs> them remember it better than it was. Because <laughs> big chunks of being a parent of kids your age is awful. Yeah. It, everything is sticky. Yeah. There is no sleep. Yeah. Your house looks like a little uh, tornado <laughs> went through it. Yeah. And you can try to have these pressures on you about how things are supposed to be. And when you do that, you fail to grasp the moment. Mm -hmm. And the moment is more important than the dishes. It yeah. really is. But that's hard for us. That's hard for people. Oh, yeah. I mean, the fact, I mean, it's incredibly difficult, you know, and yeah, I mean, you hit it. It, 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 I appreciate you at least saying that Ralph, because I cannot tell you how many times it made, it makes young parents feel like shit when their parents were, Oh, you guys were, you guys were amazing. Oh, you guys, oh, you slept so well. And you know, you got, and I'm thinking how, uh, th th then it makes us feel less than, you know, and yeah. It's refreshing yeah. to hear somebody actually be honest on how freaking tough and difficult it was. It's, oh, it's it's awful. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's awful. Yeah. I you know, I <laughs> I you know, it's it's nice to have done. Yes. You know, it's yeah. it's nice to have done that once, but yeah. I I wouldn't, you know, like we get this little girl, she's you know, seven weeks old or whatever, mm. and Gene and I are kind of tired at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's kind of tiring. Yeah. Um, but no, you just, yeah, it's all the young parents just need to understand that people my age, we mean it with love, but it's don't get too bent out of shape, you know, yeah. just do your thing. And, and uh, there was one group that did a study about happiness and how you're supposed to be so much happier. Well, no, your happiness goes down considerably when your kids are born. There's some parts of it that are absolutely wonderful, Yeah, but you know, the other parts of it where you don't get to take care of yourself and you don't get to do those things. Yeah. Um, and the things that you used to think are important just are not important. No. You know, I mean, I, what did you do before the, the before times? I mean, do you, do you, you know, you just, your kids are the whole thing now and they're just so entertaining and they're fun. And you used to think what used to matter. I used to like try to get the right wine with my chicken. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm just glad that, you know, the chicken didn't fall on the floor yeah. twice yeah. You know, once we'll take, you know? No. Yeah. It's very true. It's, it's, it's very eye opening when you talk, like I just talking to people and, you know, it's, uh, you know, having different people at different stages of their life, especially, you know, like at the gym, like, you know, good friends of like, you know, from the burners to like Catherine, Catherine and Stephen Moore, like just, mm -hmm. and, and we have obviously the Larsons and the Brambilla, like we're all in this together. Yeah. And, you know, it is, it's, it's, it's refreshing to hear somebody <laughs> get at your going, no, this was very difficult. Like it was, <laughs> it, it was exhausting.
Yeah, it is. It's exhausting and it's, uh, you know, borderline um, drive you to psychotic events and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's tough. It's, it is no joke. I mean, we it's like, it's like, you know, it's just you're looking at each other and like for Margo is just some, she's not feeling the best or a little. And then it's just your, the, yeah, the energy in your body is just totally thrown off as a parent. Yeah. When you're on a four shirt day, you know, for the yeah. parent, that makes it rough. You know, yeah. when you've had to change your shirt three times because the kid threw up on you or whatever, yeah. you, know, you can just, you can live with the chunks or you can change, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. and the amount of laundry, you know, we did cloth diapers yeah. So it's like, that was just, you know, we were doing laundry all the time, you yeah. know, and it was, but it's good. And it's, when it's over, it's kind of rewarding. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, you know, I, I kind of use analogies a lot with kids and, and the analogy about the hard things in our life. If you, if you can imagine this jagged piece of uh, volcanic glass, that's there and it's got 5,000 sharp edges and shards that are just waiting to penetrate your skin. Yeah. You know, that's the experience. But every time we tell the story, we're like dipping it in. Um, <laughs> we're dipping it in, you know, like a, like a polyurethane yeah. pulling it out that dries. And every time you do that, you, you round those corners and it's, yeah. and it becomes, it becomes this thing that looks like what it is, but it isn't what it is. Because what it is was actually quite painful. Yeah. Quite rewarding, but also quite painful. Yeah. And it's okay. And you have all my permission now to just forgive yourself a little bit <laughs> for the way you're feeling about uh, all the guilt. Yeah. No, that's a good. And I mean, I was going to ask you, Ralph, where, because for those who are obviously listening, you and Gene are the happy birthday and and I, I have to say, and I'm, I can't speak for everybody, but we speak for our family is how grateful and how special those cards really true. It's, it's, I see them all the time when you walk in and I think it's, I, I, I saw some today. Um, and what, what made you, did you just think, you know, we just love this community. Cause how long have you been at the gym for? Um, we've been at this gym since 2018. Oh wow! Okay, so you yeah. guys, you guys have been there for a while now. Really, once it's pretty early. Well, I when we when I was considering other jobs to take, there had to be a CrossFit handy that I liked. Okay, or I wasn't going to do it. Okay, because we really built some huge community in our last box. I think that's probably the first time I've ever called it a box because I'm just not cool enough. I, it's a gym to me. But, <laughs> it felt so, a force. It felt. It just. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't work. <laughs> It didn't work. <laughs> uh, didn't work. That's a strike. Swing and a miss. Edit it out if you can. No. Uh, but it's. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we we do that because we started doing that um, when we first got there because they were looking for somebody to do that job and and you know Gene and I we're not like the stellar athletes in the group but we community really well. Oh man, and. It's it's the coolest. I love, I literally, and I'm, again, I'm sure I can speak for like Matt and Beth, but just that I look at those cards and I, I love like Margo's and, and the kind things you say 
you know, you just, you're very clearly are observing and knowing and saying kind things about the people you're writing the happy birthday to. And I think that is so lost in so many things today. Well, and Bethany and Matt want that to keep happening and, you know, and they, there's an incentive to us to do it, you know, in our, in our fee arrangement and stuff. So it's, you know, it's not all just the goodness of our heart or anything, but we mean what's on there, you know? Yeah. And it's some people get more of a note than others because we just know some of you better. Yeah. You know, most people that come at five 30 in the morning, there's something wrong with you. I, yeah. you know, I don't know what I can do for you. Well, the uh, 30, there's a four thirty group slowly brewing. And so there's something even more wrong with us. Yeah, no, or, I'm done. I can't, I'm not going to do that. No. So if, if I'm doing that, I'm coming home from someplace <laughs> and you know, that's the only time I'm going to stop the, early early morning yeah i i'm doing it out of literally pure uh if i want to just you know not look like uh like i put 200 or have 280 pounds back on my frame again i gotta get up and do something in the morning so i could just get back to 280 you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it's it's uh because you guys are typically i think kelsey well i got such a kick out of it because kelsey said yeah i saw i saw ralph and Jean and and she she's she said yeah every time every time they you know ralph will say something to either people at chisago they always go oh my gosh kelsey oh i remember i remember kelsey and i'm sure if you say you know oh yeah she's married to jacob spihar you just hear either the spihar it was never a very popular it was not a uh nick definitely ruined a i don't i don't know if you uh yeah nick nick definitely put a pretty big dent of the population of the old spihar name at chisago yeah try being the sixth boy yeah Yeah. okay i don't i don't want to you know i don't want to hear your little sad story try being the sixth boy you know of, of a long line of kids that were not idyllic Oh yeah, no, oh, no, I I get you, but no, yeah. Kelsey is very well thought of. Yeah, that's good. I mean, they're. I mean, like I said, I think Nick's known for he threw a kid down a flight of stairs, then he pounded on a kid, and then this one for anybody weightlifting will appreciate this. Uh, he, um, you know, in the weight room, he got into a tussle, but he grabbed a. Oh my gosh, I could never. He grabbed a leather weight belt and went. <laughs> slapped across the face with it and i could never oh could you imagine how bad that must have hurt uh maybe maybe it happened to you i don't know i maybe i'm but uh i I could never imagine getting hit by a leather weight belt no that would hurt uh you know i have i have a lot of belt experience Uh, (laughs) it was usually from my dad you know but that was different yeah Uh, and i would always say i had those coming you know yeah it's uh, those, those events brew up for a reason. Typically, um, you know, I have, I have had parents that get mad at me when I'm dealing with stuff and, and <laughs> I'll make comments like, well, you know, that other kid's in trouble for what they did, but you really can't say these things to people because, <laughs> you know, we live yeah. in the real world and you are going to, you know, you're going to be spitting out your chiclets and yeah, and that's not everybody wants to hear a, a frank assessment like that. No. Yeah, no, I mean, it's very different. I mean, I mean, now even not, not even, I'm sure you and like you said, your brothers, if you had already six ahead of you, the, I mean, it's just things, you know, now Nick, if he was to do that, he would be, he'd go to jail. 
Yeah. Yeah. He'd get arrested. Yeah. And that's what should have probably happened back in the day too. I mean, <laughs> the things that, you know, I, and I, I, I don't know if I should tell you a story, but I, you know, there's a, I like food. Okay. And we were having tomato soup and grilled cheese sandwiches, which was like oh. the number two oh, good. school meal because the number one was a cinnamon roll and chili. So, oh. so we were having the tomato soup. I see, this is why I looked away, dude, because I'm a little food obsessed. That's but um, anyway, this kid messes with my tomato soup. So I stick him with my fork <laughs> and kind of rake it around to the front of his body and kind of cut him open a little. And so I got in trouble. And part of my punishment was I I couldn't use a fork for the rest of my school career. I just I just let a spoon. You know. How did they know? Like every time you just walked up, they just I just all I got was a spoon. I just knew the better kind of like Mongo on Blazing Saddles. You know, just all I got was a spoon. Man, they wouldn't even give you a spork or anything. Else. Mm. No yeah. sporks in my day. Oh my gosh! No, yeah. this was real furniture, real furniture, real silverware. Yeah, I was because that's I know in the beginning of the podcast I was making a joke, but I Kelsey was telling me that you you know with obviously a family of eight, it was right. food was ve- like and you. There was a story I heard, and obviously, right. you guys, I mean, <laughs> well, <laughs> this story is so bad. Like, yeah, okay, this is a gross story, but so there was a lot of competition at the feeder, we'll say. Yeah. So there was, you know, and um, so I had one brother who sure remained nameless that started spitting in his food <laughs> so that nobody else would eat it. So then that was, you know, it's kind of like an arms race. You yeah. Know, once one does it, that's what you do. But then it got to where that is it what stopped you. You just went ahead and took it anyway. And my cousin Spike was over one time. And Spike was, you know, Spike was the only boy in his family. Oh, gosh. And he came to our house. You know, everybody loved coming to our house because it was fun and there was always stuff to do. And there was usually something on fire and there were guns and, you know, you jumping off roofs and, you know bottle rocket fights, you know, all, yeah. all the fun stuff. Those are fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, and all the fun stuff. But <laughs> so Spike is there, and my mom would make the food and then kind of dole it out on a plate and then hand it to you because if she just put it out, it was like, you know, it was like a, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. a, a group of hyenas, you know. <laughs> so poor Spike, he takes it, and on there is this pork chop, mashed potatoes with a little lake of gravy and corn and he has the plate held up at about chin level (laughs) while he's seated and he says aunt sally i don't like and it was like a prison movie one brother had the pork chop another one had the potatoes and the corn was (laughs) you know most of it made it to that next plate and he looked he looked at my mom and my mom just put her arms up and, you know, kind of nodded or shook her head back and forth as if to say, you know, that isn't going to work here because, you know, we ate what was there and then that was it. There wasn't like short order cook. Oh yeah, absolutely. And is that, is that your, is that kind of the, the love for food now is kind of having that, obviously that upbringing of. Yeah. Yeah. There might not be a next meal. So you better eat all of this one. 
yeah, yeah. You, where do you for do you have some restaurants that you just you love like they're they're, they're your go-to restaurants any around here that you'd go oh we love that restaurant well um you know i like tippies across the river there that's pretty good okay and uh you know we like we like to go to non-chain places now yeah. that, now that gene has like cultured me um <laughs> you know I'm, I'm a little better at that but uh gene is a very good cook and i'm a very good cook so we eat here a lot too because okay. uh I like to cook and, and I'm pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. The, like I said, it looked like, I mean, are you guys, are you uh, a grill like your pack? Cause I know some, especially like there's some folks at the gym. I, uh, I believe like I, I hear, I mean, Matt, Matt loves to obviously smoke and cook food. And then I think Dustin from the five thirty classes is, is very like, are you a, a smoker, a griller or what do you? Well, I, I, I do use a grill you know, some, but I'm not grilling. Isn't my main thing. Like tonight we had uh that was a, that was a Turkey kielbasa uh, cooked with yeah. uh, tomato and some garlic and a little onion kind of cooked together. Yeah. And then it was uh baby red, baby red potatoes with a garlic and salt mixture on the bottom uh, with some Parmesan cheese sprinkled over the top along with some Himalayan salt and thyme and, uh, that was, you know, roasted and then a spinach salad with, uh, you know, some crunchy bits and oh. a little bit of dressing. That, that's, that's what supper was tonight. Oh, that sounds, I mean, it looked divine. Oh like, yeah. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. That looks so good. Yeah. Cause this is it. And, uh, so I know you were in, I mean, it's kind of the, the, the year to, to do things, rediscover. Do you have anything, any other goal, like, uh, this is the year of Ralph. That's what I. The year of Ralph. I'm calling this the year of Ralph. I mean, uh, for you, Ralph, is there anything like? I mean, obviously, you've you've high school been there, done that sports. You're you enjoy. I know you come to the gym, you guys, and you know I always appreciate like to watch. And I've obviously coaches. You go there, you enjoy it. You do what you can. You push yourself. Do you have anything this like? Are you gonna try any new endeavors physically, like uh, any anything in in that realm, or is that kind of ship has sailed? You just kind of do the the CrossFit thing. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I was just listening to someone who talked about if you don't, you know, the the difference between exercising and training, sure, and the mindset of those two, and what you're going to get out of it, because if you're just exercising not to lose what you have you will lose what you have. Mm. That, that's his premise. Yeah. But if you have something you're training for, you have a much better chance of, of making that. And, and I've, I, I have an idea in my mind that I want to be able to do on my birthday. Okay. Uh, and I want to be able to do it, you know, this summer. And if not this summer, next summer on my birthday. But um, because when I turned 50, I wanted to, I wanted to do a set of five at three fifteen on the bench hmm. and I failed. I got a three and a two, but I couldn't string five together. And I want to get that. I want to get that five because I, it's very important. The older we get to stay strong. Yeah. And you know, I'm sure as all the coaches at CrossFit would tell you that they would say, Ralph, maybe you should worry about mobility. Uh, <laughs> but I just like to do what I'm good at. 
Yeah. So I bench press, you know, so that's my thing. I want to keep benching and, and bench heavy. I, I like to bench heavy uh, until I get home. It's pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, have you seen, what's your PR? What's your mo? I mean, obviously 400. Okay. That was back in, that was Frank was probably, I was probably 25 years ago or 26 years ago. Huh? Pardon? There's four plates on each side. Yeah, now 400 pounds, and it was uh, that was heavy. There's no hiding from that, man. That's something that's amazing. Is like you can talk the talk, but that weight does not lie. You can you can say you're as strong as you want to be, but the second that, that iron is on there, there's there's no hiding from it. That's the beauty of like power. Uh, there's just no. Yeah, you know. we had. I used to lift because when I was in Mora, I, I, we taught in Mora for a long time. And there were, I had two really good friends, Terry and Joel, that were both involved with football there. Um, and we would lift with the kids after, after practice. Okay. And it was, you know, it, we just, we had a whole bunch of kids get super, super strong. Yeah. Terry was the guy that actually knew what he was doing. Uh, and then, you know, we, we went right along with him and, and the kids did. And we had a bunch of kids, you know, bench over 300 pounds. Wow. And, you know, for high school kid, that's pretty good. That is really good. You know, so we had a bunch of kids that we really helped get strong. Um, and it was just so fun. You yeah. It's so fun to work with kids and to see them achieve that. I really like everybody at CrossFit, but I really get a kick out of the kids that work out. Yeah. Because that's, you know, that's been my whole thing for, you know, 36 years or whatever. Yeah. Is working with kids and seeing what they can do and coaching. And it's just and, you know, we used to tell them, kids would come in and say, well, I'll never be able to do that. I'd say, if you work, we can get you to 250. Yeah. And if you work really hard and you got a little bit going your way, we can get you to 300. Yeah. We had a lot of kids that weren't very big that got to 300. Yeah. And it was one thing we really stressed. And I don't know if you've ever seen me benching in the corner, but I'll throw our form, the form that we taught, I'll throw it up against anybody because, you know, it's you're flat on the bench. You yeah. know, you're, you're not raising the hips. You're not making it into a different lift than it is. It's going to be pure. It's going to be right. And it's going to work. Yeah. And you just got to stick with it and do it. And the, I have to keep lifting now because my little brother started lifting heavy and I can't, <laughs> that can't happen. Yeah. You know? <laughs> can't catch up. To you. That this can't happen. Yeah. I mean, has been always, has bench always been your favorite movement? Has yeah. It because it requires the least mobility. Um, sure. You know, I've just, I am not super mobile in the hips and the ankles and, you know, there's some reasons for that, but it's uh bench has always been what I've been the best at, but we used to do all of it. You know, we would do squats we did squats and we did bench. We didn't do any of the Olympic stuff. Cause I just, you know, that's not what we did. Yeah. I wish we would have when I was a, a kid. Yeah. Know? And yeah. we did, we did a lot of strict press and a lot of military press, which I just, military press is like the worst lift ever Oof. in the history of mankind. Yeah, it really is. It's just so hard on you. Yeah. You know, yeah. But, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. It'd be cool. I love that when you say, I like love the, you know, obviously there's a very special and I say like, there's a flavor of a person that shows up to CrossFit, but like, it's cool to see the younger gen, like there's such, they have such grit, like, any of the anybody come into a CrossFit class and they're, you know, under, you know, and they're teenagers or under teenagers and they're willing to do that. There's something that, uh, 
that kind of tenacity and grit they have is going to serve them very well in life. Yep. You know, yep. and I don't, obviously they, it's hard to see it until you're kind of like you said, I mean, obviously you reflecting back, looking at where I'm at in my life and now me having a little bit of separation, looking back at where they're at their life going, man, if you can, if you can hold on to this, man, it will, you can, you can get through a lot of adversity. Yeah. Yeah. And and to be ready, you know, it's like, if you've looked at the book, this, you know, becoming the supple leopard, you know, that was a big thing on mobility, yeah. but you don't have to get ready if you are ready. Yeah. And that's in all aspects of your life, because the real problem that you're going to encounter in life is going to blindside you on a Thursday afternoon Yeah. and you're going to have no idea it's coming and how you handle those that's what makes the difference. You know, yeah. The plan stuff is, yeah, great. You know, the football game on a Friday night, great. The wrestling match, great. The swim, you know, all those things are coming. Yeah. But how you handle the ones you don't expect, that's what, that's what really shows who you are. When you yes. talk about watching those kids, I, I'm not going to mention his name because I, you know, I don't have permission to mention his name, but that ridiculousness we did the other day with the wall balls, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> the 45 and then 700 or whatever it was. And I'm watching this kid do the first set. Cause I got there early cause I have no life. So I got there early and watching him work through that. And uh, I see him in that middle set and you can just see the defeat set in. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, Hey, come on now. You can do this. You know, just find a steady pace, you know, just kind of giving him some quiet encouragement. And then you see them, then you see him, just decide they're going to do it yeah. and then they finish and they can do so much more than they think they can. Yeah. And that's, what's really cool about this. And, and have you given a lot of the first time lessons, you know, for people that come in, have you done a lot of those? I've done some of the onboarding, not a ton of it. Yeah. Tim, do you remember Tim? Yep. Tim was the guy I used to love watching him do the, the initial class. Yeah. Cause people would look at him and they would judge the book by the cover, you know, and, and Tim's, really good at stuff and a really smart guy and really knows this CrossFit stuff. Yeah. And they would come in and they would, you know, you'd get the guy that was pretty cocky and thinking, whatever, what's this guy going <laughs> to yeah. teach me? And Tim would put out, you know, lay out that introductory workout and you see the guy look and go, <laughs> and then you'd so slowly see their spirit get broken. Yeah. And then they go, Oh, and then Tim would just be so supportive and like, here we go. Yeah. This is what we're going to do and get them through it. And it's like, that's the cool thing. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's nice to have fire eaters and all those guys that really crush stuff. But I think what I've seen from my years in CrossFit is the biggest accomplishment of CrossFit are the people that aren't that, that yeah. have just discovered who they are. Yeah. You know, and they've had those big life-changing, health-changing things that have happened. Yeah. Even if they joke about it and pretend it hasn't happened, but you know, which is kind of humor is like my cover-up. So I, you know, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that's the cool thing is it's like it is. It's you know, it's 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 the 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 ability to kind of like you said, just set your own personal goals and achieve those. It is. It's it's really cool. I mean, and as a coach, it's definitely a, a hobby or a passion of mine that I enjoy. I mean, it is a hobby too, but it's fun to come be able to combine them, you know, and yeah, it'll be fun 
that will be something that I can definitely see down the road, just maintaining whatever long, like career ends and have that for in the back pocket. Cause it is really cool to see, <laughs> you know, the, the progression of people. Yeah. That's one of the neatest things. I mean, that's the neat thing about teaching. That's the neat thing about coaching and coaching CrossFit's no different Yeah, uh, to see people come around, you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, well, Ralph, it's, we're, we're, uh, it's already an hour. I can't believe how fast this, this time is <laughs> blowing. And, you know, yeah. like I, I do, this is, it's so fun, especially just this podcast, getting to know a different gym member. I really do appreciate you taking the time and, and chatting and, and, uh, talking. Like I said, it's, it's cool to get to the, know the people behind the, the birthday cards and yeah. the people yeah. here. Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, Jean is the organizational person behind that. And then she does most of them. And then she says, write on this one. So then I write on. You're just a hype man. I just kind (laughs) of, yeah. I mean, it's anything that gets done and done well in my life is usually Jean driven. (laughs) And it's so funny. You know, at our last gym too, Jean is like this little kid whisperer. And I just get to go along for the ride. But Jean is the one that makes that happen. and, And the two kids the coaches kids at our old gym, Leroy and Haley, you know, they, they just were like, you know, grandkids to us or whatever. Yeah. And they were so funny because I would walk in and they would be excited. And then the first thing they would do is look around me, (laughs) see if Gene was behind me. And like, I don't know if it was yesterday, whatever day it was, we went to the gym and Bethany was coaching and Waldy was there. And he was, you know, there weren't any other kids there. So it was kind of a bummer for him. And he looks and he looks at both of us and he looks at Gene and says, are you working out? <laughs> because Gene will like skip workouts to play with kids. It's amazing. Know? She's done it. Yeah. yeah. She's just so good with them. And yeah. there was one time there were like seven kids at the other gym, little kids, you know, little and big and this yeah. mishmash of people. And uh, it was a workout Jean didn't really want to do. And she said, Hey, I'm just, you guys okay. If I just take these kids for a walk and these parents are looking and saying, yeah. you're going to take seven kids for a walk. And she goes, yeah, we'll just go down to the park and play. And they're <laughs> like, you're going to take seven kids. Jean's like, you know what I do for a living, right? I mean, this, this seven is a small class. <laughs> yeah. So then she would go and those kids just loved her. And, you know, they, they, um, we really got in, tight with a lot of those families and it was fun because new people would come in and they'd say are these you know they'd say to the parents are are these your parents we're like no they're like no they're just people at the gym so we kind of take on the job of uh of gym grandparents i guess (laughs) well we like that you know it's wonderful i mean i we've benefited from it multiple we appreciate it's it's yeah the the energy and just knowing that your kid is in a good spot or they're hanging out when you can just kind of, you know, let your hair down and do a little bit of a workout is very relieving. So, yeah, but it's, we like doing that. I mean, it's, we play high level games like trading places. I don't know if you've ever seen us playing that one, but that's one the kids really like. Yeah. Yeah. That's where you all stand in one spot. And then somebody says trade places and you all go to a different spot. (laughs) Not a lot of strategy, (laughs) but uh, you know, it's age appropriate for some, for some kids. Yeah. Well, again, I, I really appreciate Ralph. You just uh, chatting and taking the time and, 
yeah, I was looking forward to some happier, able to finally connect up. I kept, you know, I, I, I thought, you know, I think, I think Ralph's very patient, man. Unfortunately, he's, he's in his Ralph year. So, you know, we got some, we've got some flexibility, not the Ralph year. It's the year of Ralph, the year of Ralph. I'm sorry. The year of Ralph. Yeah. I'm I'm a, I'm actually dyslexic. So, uh, I flipped you you know i'm sure you've taught some dyslexic kids well i was really a bad slepper a speller when i was in school and yeah i mean it's it's a handicap man and i i get it i i i too suffer and uh you know i was you know i was in you know there was like the robins and the blueberries and the the bluebirds (laughs) and the goldfinch i was in like the grackle group you know so i went with I went with Miss Larson, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. But you can see it ruined my life, you know. I mean, <laughs> I found some yeah, some ways to compensate. I was telling Kelsey this morning we were talking and I said uh, when Jean and I want to read a book together and discuss it, I have to start like a week ahead. And <laughs> I know that she's probably thinking that's an exaggeration, but that's not an exaggeration. No. Um once I've read it, I remember it, you know, and I can tell you all about it, but amazing it's yeah. uh hard it's hard inputs hard for me in the in the reading yeah realm. no so. it's it's a no i mean i appreciate it just to get what you and gene have done and gene is gene's retired correct or she's still working or is she retired? gene gene has retired multiple times okay uh she's you know she's a little older than i am so she retired when we moved up here okay but then they needed a they needed a teacher for this this boy who needed some individual work. So she took that on and then uh, they needed somebody to work at the drug rehab place. Uh, So she went and taught there for a while and then uh, they needed somebody to teach um, EBD at the primary building. So she went there and did that for a while. (laughs) And then she was trying to be retired last year and the, the principal, Mrs. Shell, Brenda called her and, invited her out for coffee and she came home with a job <laughs> so it's like now she's like i want to be done done and i'm like well yeah. you shouldn't have that special ed license everybody needs you yeah that is you know? true but yeah she is she's amazing gene is gene oh. is definitely the better half and and just an awesome human yeah and you were t- you were asking me earlier about what we're doing in retirement i do have one other thing that i just want to say i'm doing and and i always like to learn and do new things so i'm also taking uh, a class on voice acting and voiceover work. Oh, so I'm working on that and built a little studio in our home for that. So I, I should be ready to, uh, start working for clients, uh, in a month or so, and we'll see what that produces. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope we, whether we can, I've always been so curious because, you know, you hear those commercials, you hear the different sound, you, you know, and I'm going, I wonder what this person looks like. You know, I wonder if right. it matches, you know, that never but, matches. It yeah. never matches because I, you, yeah. Like Optimus Prime. I would never imagine that that was Optimus Prime, the voice of Optimus Prime. If you ever <laughs> like that, no way. But well, there's more than meets the eye to Optimus Prime. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. So, is it robots in the skies or robots in disguise? See, that's one of the fun parts about hearing loss. 
<laughs> you never really know what they're saying. I'm going to go with disguise. It's both, I guess, robot okay. in the sky. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they both make sense, yeah. you know? Context clues, man. You know, there we go. Uh, well, awesome, Ralph. Well, thanks so much. And look forward. We'll, we'll see you in passing, I'm sure. I, I doubt I'll see you in the uh, – you'll be sleeping nice and tucked in when I'm probably at the gym. But we'll see you in passing on the weekends. Or uh, I see the better half and the kids, and yeah, that's, that's, that's that's what's really important. I mean, I can't wait to see you again, too. Yeah, so, <laughs> All right, man. All right, Ralph. Thanks so see much. Ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Athletes Unbox, Finding the Extraordinary in the Ordinary. And don't forget to hook grip. Come on,